0: Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Stephen Brannan. Our college for today says, Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished by the comfort of thy grace may be mercifully received. This is an exceptional time, evidenced by the fact that I'm sitting in my office coming to you via audio on a Bluetooth device to my phone and recording via a Zoom message and then being rounded up in some fancy software the Bo has uh, uncovered and now is being broadcast via Facebook Live I assume with some kind of crazy delay. So whatever the case uh, for for all this, I'm sorry. We're doing the best that we can. This morning, the point is we're gathered somehow. We are, um, we're together. We're watching this and we're listening along and we're praying along, hopefully all together. And that's a good thing. This is, I think, uh, necessary for us as Christians, in one family, as members of one community to, despite the fact that we're separated, come together in whatever form that we possibly can in order to remind us that we are not individuals separated out from anyone else, that we cannot survive alone without our family. Christians are the body of Christ and the body is not a group of individual members separated out from one another, doing their own thing. That's simply not what we are, and we cannot live like that. So this is an extraordinary time, and it is for a time. This is not a permanent reality. And the message of the Fourth Sunday of Lent could not come at a more appropriate time. The message of the Fourth Sunday of Lent is rejoice. The opening word of our introit for the Mass, is Latare, the the mass uh, in Latin. I think it runs Latare, Jerusalem. Et conventum facite omnis qui diligitis eam, which is a reference to an Isaiahic passage from Isaiah 66, translated: "Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together, all you that love her. Rejoice, Jerusalem." You know, in the church, we, we believe that the church is Jerusalem. Anytime there's a prophecy about Jerusalem in the Old Testament, we interpret that as meaning the church of Christ, the church of God of which we're a part. So this message to us is rejoice, O church, and come together, all you that love her. Here we are coming together as best as we can and rejoicing as much as we can. I know anxiety has already affected me, in regard this whole situation it's affected uh many people it's it's stressing us out not necessarily all of us because our lives have been drastically affected in any real meaningful way thankfully so many of us are blessed to have some extra income to fall back on to have uh, a home with utilities like air conditioning and a tv and netflix and uh, food enough to eat Thankfully, many of us are in that situation. A lot of people aren't. But even of those of us who are in that situation, riding out this quarantine relatively comfortably, the anxiety about the future, (laughs) about how long our income will last, how long our reserves will last, about what's going to happen to the economy at large, about what's going to happen to our family and friends, this is... This is anxiety that can poison us if we stay separated and alone. But if we come together, we're reminded that regardless of what happens in our small economy, our small household, we can avail ourselves to the broader household of the church. In our context, that means us, our family, those presumably who are watching right now, who presumably would be at our physical location at our church. If we weren't uh, all all told to to stay home for our own safety and for the safety of others, we can rely on each other. And I encourage every one of us, if we're experiencing anxiety or any other needs more um, severe, physical, monetary, whatever to reach out, call me, call Deacon Bo, get in touch with us, gather And on this Sunday, rejoice knowing that you can do that. And our introit, rejoice, church, come together, all you that love her. I hope that we do uh, have love rekindled in our heart for our church, for the church at large. This Sunday, as we um, are doing the best we can, poor creatures that we are with our silly technology. We're doing whatever we can. And that is a huge blessing. Our colleague says that we are worthily deserving of punishment because of our sins. We are wicked creatures and do wicked things in our hearts, in our words, and in our actions. And all of us, hopefully, uh, that troubles our hearts and and we come before God and we repent and we say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to behave like that. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to have these thoughts, I don't want to say these words, and I don't want to do these actions. And when we repent and when we come to God, the colic finishes, the comfort of His grace may mercifully relieve us in all of the things that we're suffering now. We go to God seeking the comfort of His grace so that we can be mercifully relieved That's the entire theme of this Sunday. So what does that have to do with our gospel passage that we just read? Well, Jesus is traveling, and the word of his miracles, his recent healings, have gotten out, and there's a massive crowd following him. And this is near the Passover, the scripture says. This is the the context, near the the feast of feasts for the Jewish people, the celebration of, and the commemoration of Moses leading the people out of Egypt into, uh, well, into the desert at first, and uh, the Feast of Passover is near, and all these people are now following Jesus, and if you're starting to uh, see a pattern in the way that the scriptures are setting up uh, this in reference to the Exodus, then you're catching on to what is intended by the Gospel writers. Moses was a prophet who led his people out of bondage and slavery. Jesus, at the end of this gospel passage, what does it say? Truly, this is the prophet who is to come into the world. The people realize that Jesus truly is the prophet who Moses, the original prophet, prophesied would come. Moses was the one who said there will be a prophet who will deliver his people. The prophet. The people, knowing this prophecy, following Jesus, realize this is him. And so Jesus, in leading the people, all the people are following him, just like the people in the Exodus story followed Moses out into the wilderness. Now the people are following Jesus out into the wilderness. And what does Jesus do for them? He provides for them miraculous food, just like Moses. When the people were hungry in the desert, prayed to God who provided for them miraculous food, manna from heaven. Jesus also redemonstrates his power by making that miracle happen again. It's not manna from heaven, it's manna from the sustainer of heaven in this case. The God who sent the manna from heaven is now there in front of the people delivering to them once again miraculous food to sustain them. And this this miracle conveys to us a sense of God's care and comfort. The, The themes of comfort and of God taking care of us run deep through this story. But this story is itself only a type of what Jesus truly meant to do for us. Jesus was demonstrating to the people, not the fullness of what he had come to do, but a type of what he still was intending to do in the feeding of the multitude. In today's story, Jesus shows us a type, uh, a small hint of what he intends for the completion, the culmination of his life. When he says it is accomplished on the cross on the cross, the sacrifice of Christ is established and goes to the very roots of creation. And when he, rises from the dead, again, at Passover, what is the context of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection? Passover. So once again, Jesus leads us somewhere and then feeds us. So if Passover was the first type, and then Jesus' miracle at Passover time in our gospel story today is a second echoing of that pointing towards something else, what is the final reality? The final reality is Jesus at Passover time leading his people to the cross. The cross is the crossing over point. When we pass over, we pass through death with Christ. Christ establishes on the cross the true meaning of passing through uh, the Red Sea, It's passing through death into what seems like a desert for a while, where he takes care of us, and then finally the passing over the River Jordan into the Promised Land. That's what Jesus is doing for his people at his crucifixion and resurrection. He passes over through death into the desert land, and he frees the prisoners there, and then leads them where? Across the Jordan into paradise. When he rises again, he rises as the finisher of all of his work. So, what Jesus does in this story, in leading the people out into the desert and then feeding them at Passover time, is a hint of what he does at, well, Easter, in this journey that we're going toward. We are following Christ to the cross. We are following that prophet, our Lord through the desert now, and in this midway point, we stop and pause to remember, even though we aren't fully across the Jordan and into paradise yet, we have not, with Christ, completed that journey. Even though we have been, as Christians, put into the life of Christ through baptism, we do partake of his sacrifice through the sacraments. We haven't finished that with our own lives. But that's the journey that we're on. Our lives are following Christ through this. And thank God we do have manna in the desert. Christ gives us not bread from heaven, like the people of old in the Exodus story, not miraculously multiplied loaves and fishes, like in today's story, but miraculous bread, which is the vehicle of, of his own humanity and divinity. His joined flesh and divine nature meets us in the sacrament of his body and blood. That is what all of this story is about. Jesus won sacrifice on the cross, completing our mission as human beings to be faithful to God. He then, after rising from the dead, establishes his church his new Jerusalem and gives its ministers the sacraments so that we can participate in his life so that we can, in the middle of our desert journey of this life, rejoice while wandering in the desert. He feeds us. He feeds us with his body and his blood, his very life, his life as a human, his life as God joined together. We partake, not just the perfected humanity, In Christ's body and blood, but also of his divinity. We get to participate in his full life. That's what our Christian life is about. That's why it is essential that we continue to gather because we are that body. We together join with Christ in order to live out his perfected humanity. Now, all of us as individual members, We get that wrong. We can go wrong. We can, we're susceptible to disease. We're susceptible to cancers, but he can heal us if we continue to imbibe the life which flows from the head down to the rest of the body. We have to stay connected. We have to continue eating and drinking the life of the head so that we as the body will continue to have that life and the power to act as his hands and his feet as his body in the world to serve others in order to bring them into the body in order that they too may be sustained with his life. That is why we are gathering together now so that we can rejoice. We will hopefully be able to join back together and commune as a body physically in physical proximity and oneness, joining together, hopefully, soon. But even, even if we are delayed in that, God's mercy will tide us over. He will hold us over. He will sustain us in the desert. Trust in that. Trust in the comfort of his grace, as our colleague says. Trust that God will mercifully relieve us Trust and reach out. Again, reach out to those who we depend on as our fellow members of this body. I know this is a difficult time. It's difficult for for all of us in in different degrees and, and in different ways, but we are not alone. You, sitting at home right now, are not alone. We love you. We share our love with you. And we look for your love for us. That's the message of today. God is love. God takes care of us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Talks at Advent: homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.